0: Welcome Red Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball.
1: Welcome everyone, the Bastards are back for this mid-week edition of the podcast. We are brought to you in part by the Minute Media Podcast Network the Red Sox just wrapped up a 3-game set against the Minnesota Twins winning the series 2 games to 1. It is believe it or not their third win series win of the month as we're getting ready to close it out. They are still currently third place in the American League East 7 games back from the first place Tampa Bay Rays. At this moment, they are three games ahead of the Oakland A's, but they, at this very minute, are beating the—excuse well, me, I'm sorry— <laughs> losing uh, just by one run uh, to the Yankees, 6-5, to five, however they've been rallying. So scoreboard watching in that part of the season— Quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they are getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you are easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, Let's get rolling. I am Terry Cushman coming to you from Lewiston, Maine. You can harass me on Twitter at CushmanMLB. You can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Co-hosting with me tonight from the Mile High City of Denver by way of Quincy,
0: Massachusetts, Andrew Dwan. Andrew? What's going on? Hope you guys enjoyed the uh, Bobby Dahlbeck show tonight. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a long time coming for us believers, <laughs> Bob believers. I don't know, it's something to be worked out there.
1: Seven RBIs. We'll be getting into him later on. Also joining us tonight from the nation's capital by way of Newport, Rhode Island, Job Goddard. Job,
2: how we doing, everybody? I'm doing good, Terry. You know, uh, we needed more than two wins in this three game set so i'm not doing as good as andrew but uh i'm doing okay
1: yeah you know that ending of game two was painful because we're tied in the ninth after losing all game you got runners on first and second no outs couldn't get them in so we'll probably be getting into some of that as well coming into uh you know the rest of the episode and then Uh, deep dives as well we're going to be doing in the deep dives episode a segment on schwarber or jd which one do we prefer to bring back if they both opt out so we're going to spend several minutes talking about that and we'll be getting into the bullpen in that episode of deep dives that will be 24 hours after this one but we'll uh obviously be getting into the twins series so game one tuesday night red sox win that 11 to 9 tanner Houck got the start wednesday as we were just talking about red sox lose that one nine to six in extra innings nick pavetta had the start for that game and then tonight in the series finale an offensive explosion 12 to 2 red sox win that one With Chris Sale. So, got a last place team out of the way would have been nice for a sweep, but we did end up losing a game in the standings uh, to the Rays. So, luckily, Oakland is sputtering at the moment and they've got some injuries and a PED suspension. So, their path to September is also going to be complicated. But, I mean, where are you guys at here?
0: A month to go. It's so hard to tell. I I don't really think we can say anything right now, definitively, until we see the next series against Cleveland. Which, again, they got to take. I mean, you'd hope three, but at least two. Anything other than that is just not acceptable at this point if you want to be a serious contender. But as long as they keep some, you know, a game or two between themselves and Oakland, they're in good standing because. I, I don't expect to catch Tampa. If, that, if we caught it to Tampa, that would mean something went horrific, like horrifically wrong for them. Um, I just don't see it at this point. So I don't care where the game is, whether it's in New York or Boston. If we have Chris Sale on the mound, uh, we just got to get there first. And that, that just means winning 60% of your games.
2: Well, gut check. We have 30 games to go. And I'm not confident about any starter on this team to win the ball game for us, except Chris Sale. So not as confident as Andrew's feeling. Not going to lie, Cleveland worries me. We have six games with Cleveland over the next week and a half. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10. They're a game over 500 at this point, and they've been playing much, much better over the last month. I I just want to win four of six. I don't think that we have the ability nor the strategy to win 5 of 6 or even 6 of 6 from this Cleveland team because I think Alex Cora has hit a roadblock. I think this bullpen is falling apart. And uh, I'm nowhere near as happy as I should be after winning 2 of 3.
1: Charlie and myself uh, did a show last week, and neither one of us – really have the Red Sox making it into the postseason but you know the the Bassett thing I, I'm not sure had happened at that point Chris Bassett who's the ace for the ace so like I said I, I'm I'm a little skeptical about them now so maybe we do squeak in but Cleveland I think is going to be tough you have a four game set against Tampa after that in Tampa as well so well when we're recording a week from now i guess that will be the show where we're covering is what what happened in tampa so i think that's ultimately gonna tell I mean, us that'll decide our season yeah it, it very well could absolutely attention listeners across the galaxy all the way from australia to boston do we have a pube problem if so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance performance package 4.0. I can't say that word, apparently. The orbit in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop preserver ball deodorant crop reviver toner performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. At manscape.com for a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you.
0: Do we get any of that deodorant? Because it's like 100 degrees here every single day, and <laughs> I, 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 I'm i like, for the last three months, I could absolutely use it. DC is it's... called the swamp, so I, I'm with you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, you at know. least it's dry out here. It's
1: ball deodorant, though, just to be clear. Oh, mean... oh, I'm well
2: aware of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you, not... Your salesmanship sold me, Terry. I'm going to need a couple of, uh, couple of coupon codes.
1: I mean, me. if you run out of the arm stuff, it might work. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where on your body the temperature gets hotter. but But, yes. All right. So – Getting into this twin series, we will get right into studs and duds. We won the series. We'll start on the stud side. Andrew, who's your stud?
0: Well, with Chris Sale. Um, it's great to have him back. He's still working his way up to full blown Chris Sale, which we kind of saw right before he was about to come out. Um, you know, first time he's seen the sixth inning since 2019. So baby steps just gotta you know take it one game at a time give give it whatever cliche you want to roll with uh, but he was great he had one hiccup with the home run he had a few you know he's had that a couple times now uh since he's come back from the il but after that he was pumping 98. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if that was still around because it was like, all right, well, he can live 94, 95. That's more than fine, especially if that slider's on. But, yeah, 98 Chris Sale, if that's where we're going to get when he has hit full stride in, like, two or three weeks, I mean, damn, that is that, – that's, you know – What what more can you ask for? That's a solidified number one starter, top five ace in the league that is in your rotation for the first time in two years, and he's an absolute weapon to have. And As he goes, we will go, and he'll take us as far as we need to go. Joe?
2: Not much more to say about Chris Sale. He he had really one mistake in this game. I know he gave up two earned runs, but... Really, the only mistake was the one hanging slider that got taken for a two-run shot. The base hit before that was a little dribbler. He made the right decision not to try to gun that to first because he could have easily you know, thrown that ball away or e- even gotten hurt with the strange movement that is reaching and scooping. Um, so I liked his performance tonight a lot. I would have liked to see a little bit more fire from him when Cora came to get him, which in which I think was a little bit early. Uh, This is the second time in a row where Cora's come to get him, and I understand they're protecting him for the stretch run here, and they don't want him to get hurt coming off Tommy John. There's a couple of times now in a row where I keep thinking, he's got 10 more pitches. Like, why are we getting him now? Let him finish the inning. Um, So I think I'd like to see in his next start, which I didn't do the timetable, but I think that'll be against Tampa. It will If I'm correct. Yep then I want him to throw 90 pitches that's, that's my goal for Chris Sales either 6 innings or 90 pitches and I don't want to see anything different than what I saw tonight he was phenomenal uh, I mean the immaculate inning is a useless, meaningless trophy for a pitcher but he used all his pitches to get 9 straight strikes and they were all moving it was like oh he's back here we go uh, with this guy on the mound in a wild card game against Garrett Cole, I feel confident. You know, so uh, this is progress. This is a great thing. Um, I'm not happy with Cora because of these moves, but that that's okay. If it's
1: against the Yankees, I'm not sold that it's going to be Sale and that it could be Evaldi. I'm just saying. I, I, that's... I mean,
2: if it's against the Yankees, I would probably go with Evaldi because he dominates that lineup.
1: It makes a lot but of if sense.
2: It's a, but I would also be okay with, you know, in a wildcard game, going Sale and Whitlock. Like, Whitlock is just dominant. So I, I would be really okay with that, that one-two punch. And I think against that right-handed heavy lineup, you probably want Evaldi. But if they can get Anthony Rizzo going, Joey Gallo going... Then it balances that out, and I might go with Chris Sale. It's a a decision we'll have to talk about. Yeah,
1: it's probably more of a topic for another show. We got at least one more series with them. Hopefully Sale will pitch in that series anyway. And as far as Sale goes, his three starts have been all against last place teams. So his next start will be against Tampa. That's going to tell us a lot. I thought that the Twins might give him more fits, though, than the other two. They're a little more scrappier, and this was clearly his best performance, even with the two-run shot. I th- I felt this was his best pitching performance. Of yeah, the and you
0: know you really needed him tonight too when you looked at the uh, the matchup pregame because you have Xander on a day he needed off desperately and unfortunately you have Hunter Renfro going on the bereavement list at the last second so you're down to to your big bats in that lineup so hey, Chris Hale, we we if he laid an egg it would have been really tough to come back from that and you know not ha- having foreseen what Bobby did tonight.
2: Well, I think Chris Sale foresaw it. I don't know if you guys heard uh, Ellis Burke on the Nesson broadcast tonight, but Bobby Dahlbeck in Chris Sale starts is 5 for 10 with 8 RBIs. So I is, think Bobby I Dahlbeck has at least one day of playing time every week going forward. Yeah, and I'm Chris Sale. I want
0: Bobby Dahlbeck in the lineup.
1: He's always had and, a personal catcher, so now he's got a personal first baseman.
0: And actually, you know, I, I didn't think about that until just now. Schwarber was supposed to play first today, so Bobby wouldn't have wouldn't have been in the lineup. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: all because unfortunately Renfro is on the bereavement yeah. list, so we had to shuffle some things around. Um, Fun time that job was did, right for us. Yeah, and Schwarber did get to play first base. We got our first Schwarber mm-hmm. signing at first base there at the end of the game, so that was good to see. Nothing really went his way, so we didn't have to see anything uh, as far as errors go. But I'm excited for Chris Sale as we as we move forward. I think he's his competitive fire is, is being held in check by the fact that he knows these are shitty teams that he's playing against. And I can't wait for him to argue with Alex Cora. Don't take me out of this game when it's a big game against Tampa next week.
1: Well, let's touch on that tonight real quick. And, Job, you kind of already did. But he's in the sixth inning. That's the first time he's gotten that far. His two other outings were, were five full innings and he had one out with runners on first and second. And the, it was a close game at that point. It ended up being a blowout later on 12 to two, but the score was five to two at that point. And I myself, I was a little disappointed because I wanted to see sale get out of it. The whole outing, except for maybe the first inning was very low stress I mean, he had close to, what was it, 17, 18 pitches in the first inning, but then just cruised all the way through. He had
2: 54 pitches through five. Like, basically, going into the fifth inning, he had 54 pitches.
1: Yeah, and then 70-something at the point he was taken out. So you got to stretch him out at some point, and he's throwing all his pitches. Like Andrew said, the velocity has ticked up a little. Starting to see upper 90s, and he usually topped out at about 98, 99 anyway, so... He's just about there as far as his velocity goes. So knowing the bullpen is is shaky anyway, I kind of would have liked to have seen him try to get out of
0: it. But he he didn't put
1: up a fight on the way out either.
0: So that's the point I'm going to bring up here. I think we're seeing a more mature pitcher as well. I think he understands that there's more at stake than that just one game. He realized there was a quote from him when he first came back. He's like, I had my life taken away from me for two years. I'm not going to let that happen again. I'm not going to take anything for granted. So he knows that he can't just go out and be that bulldog throwing 130 pitches, you know, like it's 1976. Uh, he's got to manage his health for the long haul, and he wants to be around for the long haul too. So you look around the league, Syndergaard's finally just starting to get back going. Uh, I think he just got on the mound last night or tonight. Uh, probably in like low a and then you have severino who keeps going for like i think he's on his seventh second opinion in like three weeks so i things like that just make me nervous and i think he understands it at this point of his career he's won a world series it's not like he's still hunting that i think he's playing it safe which i i actually like because i would hate to see him you know get a dead arm or run into some shoulder fatigue right now Because that would be the last thing we need
2: Yeah, I can't disagree with the fact that I think he's a more mature pitcher I mean, take the the ground ball before the home run, right? That that was a single infield hit That's something that in the past Chris Sale would have tried to make the hero play And been super pissed off that he lost the quote-unquote no-hitter. I mean, I know it's super early, but he was dominant, and that's something that would really piss him off. And when he came off the mound side after giving up two runs knowing that he was in a good position to win, he was not that upset. So to me, it's I'm okay with that aspect of it. What I didn't want was Cora to come get him right there. I, I want to be more clear. I would have liked to see him get out of, the, get out of that jam as well. The only guy that I'm confident in in the bullpen on this entire team right now is the guy who came in and bailed him out. Garrett Whitlock is an absolute stud for this team. He's thrown 62 innings of, of relief this year. That's more than any other reliever on the team. And I trust him in any situation. So I don't hate that. In what you know, If we had lost this game, the feeling of Red Sox Nation, the feeling around the clubhouse would have been drastically different in my mind. So I don't hate going to Whitlock. I hate that Chris Sale didn't get a chance to get out of that jam because I want Whitlock tomorrow. Like I wanted Whitlock to be available behind Erod, who had a shaky start last time, and I don't think is gonna ever give you seven innings again for the Sox. So I, I wanted Whitlock ready to go tomorrow, and that's the main reason that I'm upset with Chris Sale not getting an opportunity to get out of that jam.
1: I mean, if he was at 85, 90 pitches, no arguments whatsoever.
2: Well, that's one thing, but, I mean, he's at 78 pitches. Right,
1: that's what I'm getting at. He's
2: good for another 12 pitches, 15 pitches.
1: And I just think it would have been nice to see, you know, six innings on the box, but but anyway. So uh, go ahead, Job, your stud for the series.
2: This is the second straight show where my stud, or second in, in three shows. Where my stud is somebody I never thought I would name a stud for his entire tenure in Major League Baseball, and that's Bobby Dalbeck. Need I say more, uh, than he had seven RBIs tonight. I already mentioned he's five for ten in Chris Sales' starts in the last three weeks. He's hitting two eighty nine since the All Star break. Three thirty-three in his last seven, about two hundred ninety in his last fifteen games. I understand we've played some crappy pitching. He's gotten opportunities against the Orioles, the Twins, a couple of other uh, not great left-handed pitchers. But he's absolutely mashing. He is so locked in against left-handed pitching that it proves that him in a platoon spot is the way he should be used at all times. He can't face right-handed pitching. He's a 199 hitter against right-handed pitching. But against left-handed pitching, he comes in clutch. He hits the ball hard even when he makes outs, and he doesn't strike out anywhere near as often. Uh, he had a pinch hit, base hit in game one. Played good def- uh, defensively all series, and then tonight absolutely won us this game.
0: Andrew? Yeah, do you guys want a fun stat about him? So Give it to me. Well, first let me just say our first base offense has been absolutely amazing. The defense has been horrendous, but the offense has just been great lately. <laughs> Imagine if we begin this all year, uh, last so, the last thirty games. I mean, we've been fantastic offensively from the first. Crushing base it, before. crushing it. So, Anthony Rizzo only has one more home run and two more RBIs since going going to New York than Dahlbeck had tonight. That's kind that's of a great stat, right? that, that that's I, a great. That a good well, <laughs> no, Andy Rizzo's
2: big big selling point is that he can play first base, which Dolbet really can't. He's not a not a first baseman. Yeah, He's been pretty bad, you know, pretty brutal all season. But listen to these listen to these numbers over his last thirty games: two ninety nine average, three seventy two OBP, and a six twenty three slugging. Now, his strikeout rate is still very high. Right? He's got 26 strikeouts in his last 78 plate appearances. Far too high. But if you you know minimize that down to his last seven games, which I understand is when he's been super hot, he's got three strikeouts in his last 17 at-bats. Right? That right there is the pure presence, the ability to move guys around and not have him face right-handed pitching is giving him a role that he understands that he can flourish in and where he's not trying to do too much. This is the first time all all year that Bobby Dahlbeck has earned a spot in the lineup against left-handed pitching every day. It's been this month. He's had the hottest August of anyone on the team not named Alex Verdugo.
0: Or KK. Or, or well, Kika. Or Renfro. But no, they're, they've they had some guys clicking, absolutely clicking lately. And it's great to see. And I, I really do think that Dahlbeck is a full-on confidence guy. I've said this from day one. Once he gets rolling, in, like, I think he's a little fragile like that and there's nothing wrong with it i mean some people are just wired that way where they get baseball really baseball players on themselves. Are wired that way yeah they get down on themselves and you know you start gripping the bat you're almost like sawing it off in your hands and he's coming through it is this gonna last all season absolutely not but is it gonna be fun while it lasts for sure i thought he almost killed someone in the first in the first row tonight so if he can give us This, against the crappy pitching and the crappy teams, guess what? we got three against uh, Cleveland coming up. So keep that ball moving, and then Schwarber can go down to first base uh, when we face Tampa. I'm going to be honest. I I don't know
2: what the matchups are for the Cleveland series, but if we face Tristan McKenzie, he won't be in the lineup. And if we face another right-handed pitcher, he might pinch hit in that game, but he will not be in the lineup. So we might well, only see Bobby Dahlbeck one game. At first yeah, game. and that will be tomorrow, and they are
0: facing a lefty. So, well, yeah, I guess we'll see from there. Bobby Dahlbeck, I,
1: I don't hate him as a person, but I'm just – I'm not sold on him. And it was only two or three nights ago Alex Cora was saying in his post-game that, yeah, it hasn't worked out so well for Bobby. This season, and Travis Shaw has had a couple of big moments. Is that going to carry into September? I don't know. I have a feeling that Cora kind of likes Shaw a lot based on his How comments. can you not
2: like Shaw? <laughs> wow. As a teammate and, and as a defensive first baseman, how can you not like Shaw?
1: I'm talking about from a performance standpoint. He just seems to like the veteran player that he is, and... So I, it'll be interesting to see w- which path Cora takes when, when lefties are up. So
2: so let me give you a, a question here, Terry. And Andrew, yep. feel free to answer this as well. Do you guys remember what we predicted Hunter Renfro would do as far as offense at the beginning of the season? I went back and listened to that episode this week.
1: I, I hated it. Probably
0: 230 with 26. Well, I had him as our team MVP in our original one. I you know did, I was. Adrian. That's why I
2: asked both of you, right? Because the rest of the crew, and this includes Jason, myself, Terry, and and Charlie, we had him going two thirty to two forty with twenty some twenty something home runs, two hundred strikeouts, and an average right field. He's by far outperformed that, but Bobby Dahlbeck is now hitting 235, 16 home runs. 59 RBIs, a 740 OPS, and 327 at-bats. That's what we thought we were going to get from Hunter Renfro. So you could just directly inverse. You know, Hunter Renfro's stats have been fantastic. Bobby Dalbeck's have not. But that's what we were thought we were getting from Renfro. So that production is still there. It's just not coming from the same guy.
1: I I think I said I thought Renfro would be DFA'd by <laughs> May or June. By I, June, I yeah. didn't like him, but... He's the one Bloom guy that I didn't thought I would like. Because I, I did like Kike. When, when we signed Kike, I thought we needed more than what he would give us. But I, I've always liked Kike as a player. But but the one guy I, I didn't like that Bloom brought in was, was Renfro. And, and he's one that I've, like I said, come around on. Leads the league. Well, I didn't
2: with... want to throw you on cold takes exposed, right? I wasn't trying to say, <laughs> oh, Terry, you suck it at thinking about baseball. What I was trying to say here is, Bobby Dolbeck's hitting 235 with 16 home runs. Like that's your nine hitter. And yeah, he's on pace for a, a record breaking amount of strikeouts but no more than JBJ. So to me, now that he's gotten hot and his numbers have started to even out, if he can hit 240, 245, like that is a a nine hitter that you can rely on.
1: Against lefties. I'm
2: starting to come around on Dahlbeck against lefties. Against right-handed pitching, he's atrocious. You can give me the bat. I can hit 100 against right-handed pitching the way Dahlbeck does. But uh, it's good to see him improving. I would actually like to see him get some defensive work at his natural position when Rafi Devers gets a day off rather than shuffle the whole infield around. Um just to improve his trade value because I think his first base value is so shot.
1: Fair, yeah, that's fair. It's tough though. I mean, I mean if
2: he's a, if he's your but if he's your third baseman, right, for a couple of games, and he gives you two forty five with sixteen home runs on the season, and he plays good third base, then all of a sudden you could turn around and flip him to somebody for you know a couple of prospects of that are more of a positional fit for this team because first base is not going to be his position with this team going forward. If he's with the Red Sox going forward, I just don't see it. Like, Does that mean you move Tristan Casas and make him an everyday first baseman? No. Hopefully you're not going to let Rafi Devers walk here in order to give Dahlbeck reps at first, at uh, third, rather. So I just don't see a spot for him on this team. I'd like
0: to improve his trade value by putting him at third. Well, he's going to have trade value because, honestly, if he hits 235 to 240, that's exactly what he should be hitting. He's a 35 to 40 tool hitter. I mean, probably 40 at the top end. And when you're a 40 hitter, that equals out to a 240 hitter. So that's right on schedule. And a team will absolutely gush over five years of value or five years of control at, like, $700,000 if – Lightning strikes one year and you can 35 home runs, and that that's a that's a win right there. So he he absolutely will have value, and I would even I don't want to see him traded in the off season. Quite frankly, I'd like to see him moved at like the deadline because if Cassis is going to be your first baseman next year, he's going to be a left. He'll be ready in July. He, he'll be a, well, even if you think he can be ready from the jump. He's a lefty, and then you can platoon the two and take the pressure off him until he shows uh, that he can handle lefty and righty, and then see ya.
2: You know, that that's an interesting discussion. One we, we should probably have, not this week's deep dives, but maybe next week's deep dives, is it just Casas Kasas got to be ready? You know, as we get towards September, you only get to call up one guy. I don't think it'll be Casas, right? You only get to go to 28 now with the new rules. You used to be able to call up everybody. Uh, with the new rules, you're going to be at 28, so I don't think Casas is going to get a call-up. Um, Andrew, you might have more insight on that. But as we get towards spring training, that'll be something we're going to have to talk about. Like, is Casas your everyday first baseman going forward, or does he need more time? Because the last thing they want is to have to give Casas the Durant. Treatment. Bring him up, try to be a spark plug, and you got to send him down because he's not getting everyday at-bats. Like, we don't want to do that. So, we got a yeah, log jam anyway. I mean, yeah, no, exactly. I don't want to
0: get too far into it, but no, he won't be coming up during September. They'll bring up some relievers and maybe a backup catcher, depending on what Ploiecki's situation is now. They got drilled, but uh, yeah, it, you could see like a Ryan Brazier slip up to you know slip onto the roster, and um, maybe even a Connor Seabold if everything's going right, and if they decide they want to make Hauk more of a two times a week pitcher out of the bullpen, going three innings if Whitlock has to slide into the closer role. But, yeah, I mean, that that's definitely a discussion we should – we'll probably have September 1.
1: Well, we, we'll be having some bullpen talk on this episode of Deep Dive. So, uh, if we have time, and I think we will. So, some honorable mentions to get into. Kike Hernandez just continues to rake in that leadoff spot. Six uh, for 15. Had a home run uh, in games one and two. Just absolutely killing it. Kyle Schwarber, we'll be getting into him, like I said, in deep dives. But five for 11, had four walks in this series finale. So, dude can get on base. I think the Red Sox have their two-hole hitter at this point. Alex Verdugo, their old two-hole hitter, just continues to rake ever since his wife had the child. (laughs) A couple of weeks ago, he was on paternity leave, but he was six for 12 as well. Uh, drove in runs in uh, the first game. Hunter Renfro uh, left before game three on bereavement leave, but he was killing it. Four for nine, had a two home run game in the opener for the series. Five runs driven in overall. Travis Shaw, two for six, had a home run, solo home run in game one vasquez starting to show some life as well was three for twelve, but put in some pretty good at bats any thoughts on any of them before
0: i get to the pitching i mean renfro i that, that two home run game was just absolutely amazing to watch you know they're down he had said three run bomb and then gets a little close he separates them unfortunately got closer at the end but yeah he he was their offense I mean he was he pretty much did what Dahlbeck did tonight and uh, you know carried them to that win yeah
1: sat on a couple of off-speed pitches and just absolutely mashed them as well that second one was just really majestic looking you know because the, 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 the you just had that dark sky behind and it just had the perfect arc
0: when he hits them uh, and he
1: knows it it's so fun yeah
2: I'm hoping that Burley leave Believe doesn't put him off his hot streak. You know, um, baseball players are both creatures of habit and also they change their moods like the way the weather changes in Boston. So I'm hoping that everything is OK with him, that when he comes back, he doesn't have to continue to put so much pressure on himself to be great for this team because I don't want him to press, that's when we get into trouble.
1: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they didn't say who it was that he lost. Uh, so Vasquez, I think, went on bereavement leave as well. I don't know if we I,
0: – I think it has to be, like, close family – okay the it has to be, be like, family is the real. yeah it can't be like a third cousin like
1: no I, I mean i'm like thinking more of a grandfather maybe or yeah uh, but what about his wife's family does that count as well i yeah. think
2: it does yeah How i believe
0: yep
1: yeah. okay so not that not that we're rooting for any scenarios so thoughts and prayers uh with renfro um Into the pitching aspect of things, Tanner Houck, not great, not bad. Lasted four and two-thirds. Did give up eight hits, three earned runs, walked one, struck out uh, six. Austin Davis had one of the better relief rolls out of the bullpen. Went two and two-thirds. Didn't give up a hit or a walk. Struck out three. Looked great. Definitely. Looked great. His best outing since the trade. Josh Taylor came in for to get one out in game one. It lasted only one pitch, and he got the win. Through one pitch, got the win. Greatest stat of all time.
0: Yeah, they look like they don't really want him to face righties whatsoever. I don't know if anyone else is catching that vibe. Like it, they, it does they feel it, like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I mean. And I don't he, have
2: the numbers in front of me. He's scuffled a little bit. As far as how many bit, righties he's so. faced versus lefties but he would be my guy next up in the closer role. I mean, I know a couple of weeks ago or even maybe last episode where you guys were talking about Whitlock being being the closer for this team if Barnes continues to struggle. Taylor's my next man up, Uh, righty or lefty. I trust Taylor's fastball slider combo more than I trust any Matt Barnes curveball this month. So I would like to see Taylor get more work. Uh, I was surprised they pulled him after one pitch. I thought he was going to come back out and get two or three more hitters. Um I was a little upset with that, especially with the way it ended up, you know, going. Uh I would just I think this bullpen is being managed in such a way because they've been ineffective that everybody is gassed. Like we desperately need those extra arms that September could bring or, you know, some health could bring because I don't think that Robles is to account for that meltdown, and we'll talk about him in a minute, but the entire bullpen needs to be better. It just does. I was upset that they pulled Taylor after that point. Cora, I think, has made some big managerial mistakes over this series.
1: It's been not great as far as the bullpen goes. We'll we'll get into Robles here coming up, and there'll be plenty of bullpen talk next episode. Um, so I think that does about do it for the stud side of it. Perez had a good outing, but he was also terrible in game one. So, uh, all right. So the only, yeah.
2: more, the only other honorable mention, uh, Rafi Devers passed 30. Oh, runs my today, Uh, and he's now at 94 RBIs on the season. So hopefully with a good series in Cleveland, uh, he'll be at 3,100 by the end of, uh, the end of August or at least close, and uh, hopefully they announce an extension with him like any minute.
1: That would be great. Hence my tweet tonight above the highlight reel. Um, I meant to notate him as well, but, yeah, he was three for 12. Didn't get on – didn't have a hit in game two, but walked twice. So he's starting to come around. I'm starting to feel like he's starting to lock in, so that's, that's nice to see. Uh, so, all right, let's uh, switch sides, get over to the duds. Andrew, who do you have? Who's your dud for the series?
0: I went with Xander. He really didn't have a great series. I think it was one for nine, and I, the one hit was actually pretty timely because it was in the bottom of the ninth the other night. But I don't know. Not, and Nothing happened before that. Nothing happened after that. And it, 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 He's going through a tough stretch, and the worst part is, like, whatever every superstar can go through a tough stretch it just sucks that his tough stretch just happens to coincide with jd martinez's so when your uh your three four hitters are both having like their season low lights that is a tough thing to overcome and it's really not great and his range to me seems to be going down a little bit I've always kind of feared his defense. Uh, I think everyone knows that by now. I, I They're going to have some tough decisions coming up with him in the next year and a half, two years, especially when it comes to public opinion. Oh, yeah, no, he's totally banged up. But, I mean, his defense was never 65. I mean, look at what Andrew Alton Simmons did tonight. Obviously, that's the total end, opposite side of the spectrum, but... He's not even half
2: that, and no, it, no, he's nowhere near a Jose jump... Iglesias level shortstop. You know, but no, uh, right now, I mean, he's your dud for this series. I totally understand it. One for nine. He's my dud for the second half so far, because he's your leader on this team, whether it's vocally or not. So I totally understand that. But we gotta just keep reiterating to the listeners and to the people who don't necessarily get to watch every game or don't follow it as closely as we do he is hurt like he is playing oh, yeah. very very hurt
0: yeah no i i'm i totally agree with that i i hated when he, they were trying to rush, rush him back from the wrist thing that he suffered in new york right after the all-star break i i have no doubts that he is absolutely banged up that's why i was happy he had the night off and again it just coincided with the terrible time but it didn't didn't hurt them whatsoever uh i but if his defense if his offense isn't carrying his production he it's a tough player to carry especially looking out down the road extension wise i don't know he seems a lot older than he really is obviously he's been around in boston since what 2013 age 20 Uh, yeah yeah. yeah. 2013
2: postseason. I mean, he had that great stolen base of third. Like, he, he
0: burst onto the he, scene at a young age. I guess we'll just say he's an old soul <laughs> right now. And I. He's got some mileage for sure. He and does. A lot of and games. I love Xander Bogart. It's one of my all time favorite players on this team. I don't know what I'm getting out here. I'm going a little long winded, but I, there, there are some flags that are worn, uh, kind of. Getting raised in the background, if he want, if he insists on being a shortstop um, for the seasons to come,
1: yeah, I mean you you would think that his destination might be third base or or first base if he ends up on another team. I it's hard to it's hard to foresee him ever playing first base for the Red Sox with the guys that we have in the pipeline, but.
0: And, and hard playing third too, if we want to get a Devers extension.
1: Yeah, well, the DH he could be a DH. It's tough. There's so many. You're you, moving
0: someone that young over to third. No, to I, DH
2: I, like, I feel like he would have to move to first, and you'd have to move Casas. Like there, there's just a lot of moving pieces there. If you're yeah, honest with yourself, it's,
1: it's hard. Yeah.
2: Nomar Garciaparra is the best comparison, I would say, to Xander Bogarts as far as talent sure. at the position
0: defensively. Um, they're, they're pretty similar. Oh, Nomar, Nomar was a whiz. No, Nomar was an whiz. Uh, I'm talking about
2: at the end. I'm talking about at the Oh, end. at the end, yeah. Like, like, Nomar at the end there, after he had his wrist issues, was a defensive liability at short. Uh, and that's why we had to go out and get Orlando Cabrera, among other reasons. But that's the level of shortstop that Xander Bogarts is playing now, and he's 28 years old. So there, there's a lot of things we're going to have to talk about with Xander moving forward. As far as right now, like it sucks that it coincides with JD's cold streak. And we'll talk about JD in the next episode. But I also like don't want him playing Hurt. Because the games matter now, but they don't matter anywhere near as much as they will if we actually make it to October. So I don't want him playing hurt against the Twins or the Indians. If you have to give him three, four days off, I'm quite okay with Arroyo against left-handed pitching. I'm okay with Arroyo at second base like any day of the week. He's the best second baseman the Red Sox have had in years. Hasn't made an error so far this season, knock on wood. If he I'm only okay with Kike at short.
1: If he only had Xander's toughness, though, because <laughs> I don't know that he does. Uh, no,
2: totally, right? <laughs> I don't think he does. But yeah. if it if it comes down to it and you need to give Xander some extended you know, rest days, this is the series to do it. I mean, we have 17 straight games here coming up because of the, the rain out last Sunday. We need to give Xander some days off. And I usually think Cora excessively rests players. Right now, I feel like Xander needs it. Like this is, If we were in it with the raise for the division, I would say we have to play and we don't have a choice. But I think right now, at this very moment, with the schedule that Seattle and that Oakland have going on, I would sit Xander Bogarts for this entire series coming up. Give him three days off in a row. Well,
1: Cora has been not resting people in the last few weeks like they're not nobody's been getting the automatic day off after the off day after the scheduled off day
2: well he so, can't afford to we're in free I know.
1: fall no I know so and we're still but 7 I think this back this
2: is a period where I would I would give it to Xander because I think he's actually hurting the team by playing hurt which I, I wouldn't usually say. I, I, think... I mean, he
1: can't be too hurt, though. I mean, he's still in the lineup. I don't think they would, if it was a wrist thing or whatever. He he wouldn't be in the lineup. But here's another observation, though. If we're gonna if we're gonna remain in a wild card position here, and and maybe maybe even leapfrog the Yankees at some point, that's an extremely tough sell. But it's not out of reach by any means. We need the guys that stepped up this series to do that because having Xander, Devers, and J.D. carry this team, that's not sustainable. And two of them had a bad series, but everybody else stepped up. That's what needs to happen if we are going to hold on to the wild card, hopefully win the wild card game. We've never had to play one in in this era of the one-game wild card. And then get into the ALDS, and then be competitive. We're probably going to be playing Tampa if if we win the wild card. So,
2: Tampa or Houston, right? So it's going to come down to a big, a big series there for whoever plays in that series. I just Terry and and Andrew, this is my question: If I was to tell you that Xander Bogarts' stats in the last month are two sixty six, three fifty five, four thirty eight, and that he struck out twenty one times, which is about Would you be concerned? That's not too concerning. I mean, he's getting on base. So that's the last 30 games. Now, if you look at the last seven games when, you know, this bad stretch, I understand it's just a bad stretch. He's hitting 182. He's not taking walks. He just doesn't look comfortable. So what is the solution to this lineup if he's Gonna play closer to two hundred, hit closer to two hundred, and not three nineteen like he did in the first half. Because to me, if he's hitting three nineteen, you got to juggle the order a little bit. You got to put redfro up there. You got to move some pieces around, and then you could struggle. So I'm moving Xander Bogarts to the bench for the next couple of days.
1: Well, he didn't play game three. Kike was the short, so he's had one night off. But, but.
0: I, I mean, you gotta let him know. He, he's got to be honest with you, uh, and I think that you know he has that respect for Cora, and Cora has that respect for him. Where he's gonna say, "What is your body telling you?" Because they both understand. They've both been to the dance. They both won it uh, multiple times as players or coaches. So these guys know what it takes to get to where you need to be during the stretch run. Yeah, they're on a terrible stretch, and it just happens to coincide with the Yankees being like freaking world beaters, potentially winning 11 straight games. Which, I mean, nothing you can do about that. So, the they see them they see themselves as a wild card contender at minimum so xander's not gonna push himself i'm sure he's gonna push himself but he's not gonna push himself without a pushback from the uh coaches it, to to put himself in jeopardy for the stretch run well see i i look at it and i think he wants
2: to play every day because he's looking at the end of this contract Like he's opting out after next season and he wants to play every day and show teams that he could be a shortstop because he's not going to sign as a third baseman. He's not going to pull an A-Rod, right? And sign with a team that has a shortstop. There's a very good shortstop market coming up this season. Next season's will be bare the end of next season. So he's setting himself up for a payday. And I just don't want him to jeopardize the team because he wants to play every day.
1: Well, we'll see. I mean, we we've got a lot of issues going on right now, and that's one. We're going to get into some others. And actually, Job, so why don't you go ahead with your dud for the series?
2: Uh, My dud for the series is Robles. I think this bullpen is just so taxed that you had to go to Robles in that spot in Game 2. Even though I would have rather gone to Mora or anybody else in, in a big spot than Robles having pitched uh, two innings and a third I believe in the last three days before that you had to know that he didn't have it when he came in in the ninth inning when he's throwing 93-94 to 94, and he usually sits 98-99 on the fastball and for him to just give up five runs there is extremely deflating for the team after Kyle Schwarber gave you his biggest moment to date his equivalent of the Anthony Rizzo double play to end a game against us. Uh, The biggest acquisition moment for the Red Sox this season, uh, aside from a Travis Shaw walk-off grand slam that I – people are overblowing because he didn't need a grand slam. All he needed was a fly ball. So to me, the Kyle Schwarber moment was the biggest one of of any trade deadline moment, and Robles blew it. That would have been a huge – okay, the first half magic is back – turn the page Chris sales going tomorrow let's get the sweep kind of moment and Robles just didn't have it and there have been days where guys don't have it and they gut it out and they get you a decent performance this was not it I mean he absolutely laid an egg in the 10th inning of that game and it was brutal
0: yeah you know I have a hard time it it was terrible I have a hard time blaming him too much for after what he did the night before, um, he threw over 30 pitches and then he, you know, he was throwing, he was, his velocity dipped, I think, seven miles an hour
2: from 99 to 93. Right. Yeah.
0: That, that's, that's tough to make up, especially when you're a two pitch pitcher. And speaking of two pitch pitchers, like that's the reason he was in the game when Whitlock had to come in and work his magic a couple days before, you know, he burned himself out. They go through all these guys. They went through all these guys earlier in the game. Um, there were no other options. I don't think they wanted to bring Richards in with the, you know, with the with the Manfred man on second. Uh, he probably would have scored. Richard,
2: well, Richards is a head case with runners on base. He just is. Yeah. And
0: you just have him coming in. I mean, he's probably never done it in his career. And he's just transitioning to the bullpen now, which he's actually been moderately decent at. Uh, he had he's a couple walks tonight. Um, I don't think they wanted to put him in that situation, but it was either him or Robles. There was no one else at that point in the game,
2: or, or Austin Davis, right? I mean, uh, Davis already through... pitched. Davis already pitched. Yeah, they went through. No, 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 he didn't. They went through Taylor, Perez, Sawman. Audovino, Barnes, and Robles. Oh no no! through threw
0: uh, two two plus innings the night before. Yes, yeah. yeah Davis that's what pitched it
2: was. two nights, so you didn't really have a choice but to go to Robles. Yeah, I understand that it was Robles or, you know, you got to go to Garrett Richards. And if they went to Garrett Richards and he melted down, I'd be having the same conversation but saying Garrett exactly. It was a
0: it was a hope for the best. It was damned, if, a, you do, damned lose, if you do, damned if you don't.
2: But I just feel like. Cora has to know his team a little bit better than that. And what I mean by that is, in a tie game there, you got to have somebody else ready to go. I mean, I know you have a three-hitter minimum now, but if he comes in, gives up a run, and then walks two guys, you got to have somebody ready. Like But that would have been Richards. And then and,
0: the bases are point, jacked, and, but I we mean, needed Richards tonight, and he would have been available. So I think you got to – I mean, at some point, you just got to kind of eat the L, and it sucks. Yeah, but, I, I understand that, and I think has actually done a good
2: job this season of picking the days to eat the L, you know, and, and picking the days where to throw the, the B-list guys in the bullpen. But, Terry, I, I want to know your thoughts on this. Do you, do you feel like the momentum swing there justifies going all out for one win, or is it kind of – not important to you in the, in the big scheme of things. I'm a
1: win-at-all-costs guy at this point, given See, the that, risk. See, that's how I look at it, too, yeah.
2: right? You're in a race, Andrew, and you have the chance to have another comeback win and then put your ace on the mound to go for a sweep. Like, that's do a we big turning-the-page moment.
0: Do we think Richards would have not given up a run or walked in a run or let the floodgates open, though? Uh, I mean, it's not like he, le- you know, left anyone... To be quite frank, worth a damn in, you know, in there. It's not like he left.
2: Loved- no, I, I understand that, and I actually agree with you. I think Richards probably wouldn't have done much better, but to go to Robles knowing that he had nothing in the tank and then not have something behind him, I think is a mistake. Like you I don't know Robles if did know he didn't have that, that-
1: Completely. Yeah, I mean... Like,
0: I think the velocity drop might have been a surprise to him. We're,
1: we're looking at it in hindsight right now, and before the inning started, I probably do lean on bringing in Robles. Uh, you know, he had that good performance the night before, albeit several pitches. But, you know, the Richards thing is in hindsight at this point. It is, and, and this is
2: why we need Darwinson Hernandez back so desperately.
1: He was in the dugout so the other night, so lefty. hopefully he... Yeah, can... he's
0: throwing a bull, He's throwing a bullpen on Friday.
1: Okay. And, and then
0: he should be close.
1: But with with that Robles meltdown, I mean, we were hearing after the night before, oh, Robles should be the closer. There were people chirping that. And, I'm, of course, he is who he is. And so that will hopefully no, no. put that to bed.
0: No. That, 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 was, that was a pleasant surprise. You know he's he's he stepped up not as bad as he's been and he's not as good as he's been he's he's a jag that's he, all he is he
1: stepped and, up in a big moment yeah and that's what it was absolutely and Austin Davis actually did come out of the pen that was in game two that we we've been talking about for the most part he was the first one out after Pavetta got pulled and and went two and two thirds but um but yeah and so it's just. We needed that win, but I I put that more on, on the offense, like I said, in the ninth inning for not getting it done. Yeah, win it in the ninth.
2: You, win it in the ninth. you, you had it. Yeah, I mean, it. that's a big, a big faux pas, right? Guys on first and third with one out. JD did his job. He moved the runner over. No outs.
1: No outs. There were no outs. Or first and first second, and no outs, yeah. and then
2: he brought him over second. Or first and third after that. Yeah. yeah. First, so but you know, first and second, nobody out. JD did his job. He moved the runner over to third. Xander's sitting at third. You got to put the ball in the outfield, or at least put the ball in play. I mean, that was the worst at bat alex verdugo has had with the red sox
0: <sighs> yeah that was a tough one and he's been so good lately too yeah. he
2: has which is why i, I didn't want to harp on it but he swung and missed at three cut fastballs that granted had some movement but they're not 100 and you had to know that was coming it's one of three pitches the guy has and two that have command so i i just don't like the approach there i i almost wish that he took a little bit more of a Kyle Schwarber approach. Just take some pitches. The guy can't throw strikes right now. Just take the pitch. But it is what it is. Hindsight's twenty twenty, 20 And uh, we need to get three or two of three from Cleveland.
1: We uh, don't have a ton of time here for dishonorable mentions. Uh, Bogarts was obviously talked about. Uh, no one to really complain about in the lineup. Everybody had a nice spot at some point. As far as pitching goes, Martin Perez, I'm assuming will probably be the first DFA uh, when the time comes yeah. for Brazier or, um, or uh, the lefty we were just talking about Darwin's in.
2: Or, or Darwin's we might in. not even need a DFA if you know if he's on the roster for another four days. Well, I don't know if you DFA if
1: true. Probably, him. True, I probably
2: September ups.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. I probably still would, but you do have the extra space, well, like you said.
0: Yeah, Brazier. I, I really hope yeah Yeah, he'll take his spot he's got to
1: come up and he's looked pretty good (laughs) uh from what i could tell down in uh his rehab appearances nick pavetta not good his second dud start in a row wasn't quite as bad as his yankee start he did go four innings this time but gave up four runs walked a couple struck out five he's a guy i'm not sold he's in our long-term future i think he'll be back next year but would it surprise me if he's not on the roster by the end of next year? Definitely not.
0: I mean, he's cheap and controllable, so they don't have too much to worry about there.
2: Yeah. I don't see them moving him unless they're out of contention. He's not a piece that you move if you're in the
0: race. So I hope that he's on the roster. Let's put it that way. Well, I just... And I will say he looks a lot better in his normal habitat, which would be a five starter. Like you'd be extremely thrilled with what he's giving you. Uh, the occasional, uh, you know, one or two bad games in a row, but then like seven no-hit innings for two games in a row. Well, out of the he's five also getting—he's
2: also getting very unlucky in that. I mean, he faced Toronto six times this year. That sucks. Like that's just a <laughs> scheduling conflict, and then he gets rocked by two of the—you know—twice tw- he gets rocked. Once for eleven runs, and once for seven runs, and people go, "Well, he sucks." Actually, no. Like they did some serious damage to his ERA. But any big league club, especially Toronto, with all those bats, that sees you six times in a row or in, in you know four months, is gonna hit you. So I don't hold that against him. I actually think that he's outperformed you know a five starter.
1: Well, I just I'm not sure we're not gonna have five viable starters that are better than him next year, especially I'm, by the time summer rolls around.
2: It's possible. But and we can't when was the last him. time a rotation went through five? Like, every year since 2004, you've needed at least six guys to make a start. So uh, yes. you can't option him, but maybe he plays a part in the bullpen, or maybe he's your five-starter and somebody else is in the bullpen. Well, Tanner Houck, unless he develops a third pitch, might be a bullpen guy.
1: He's been laboring, but I, I think they'll work on him in the off season. And, I mean, we're two or three... Dud starts away from Pavetta, from really the narrative changing, you know. So. But where
2: two or three studs starts away, too. <laughs> if he comes out for the next if, three starts, you know, and dominates against New York, Tampa, and Cleveland, well, then it's all of a sudden, you know, he's your three.
1: I hope he does. I hope he does. But uh, I don't know. It's just looking – It's it's looked ugly, but – Let's get into the Cleveland series. That is a three game set. Game one, Eduardo Rodriguez will take on Logan Allen. Who's been terrible all year. Um, Rodriguez coming off a terrible start. Don't really know what you're going to get from him each time out. So,
0: Yeah. He's hoping it's a get right game. <laughs> I don't even know how you predict that one. <laughs>
1: Right, I mean, I think
2: you can look at it and say, you know, they're ten and four in his last fourteen, so you can hope he bounces back. Uh, I think he'll bounce back against Cleveland, who doesn't really have a great lineup. In all honesty, Cleveland's strength is always their pitching staff. This this game does not worry me so much. Yeah, you just gotta get Jose
0: Ramirez though, right? Like, I actually gotta look at this box score right now to see who Cleveland still has an offense because I don't even remember at this point. <laughs> I mean, they're a thirty-two
2: million dollar payroll club. That's pathetic. They don't have a lot of guys, and Absolutely one of those guys pathetic. is Bieber, and Bieber's on the IL. So you're really not looking at
0: a lot of names.
2: Oh, Bradley Zimmer! I
0: forgot about him after he busted him for my fantasy team like three years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't have a lot of names. I mean, if you look at the preview for tomorrow's game, Allen has a nine point one three ERA. We should score some runs. If Erod can give us five innings, three runs, five innings, four runs, we're going to win.
1: I hope he gives us at least five innings, if not six. I mean, the less innings that bullpen has to come in is is ideal, especially where Whitlock already went today. Nathan Avaldi versus Cal Quantrill in Game 2 on Saturday. Quantrill is coming off of three good starts. He's only given up five runs in his last three. In fact, his last start, he went seven innings against the angels and did not give up an earned run struck out nine. So that's the type of guy that's been killing us. That happened in game two against Ober, who luckily went five innings and we were able to get competitive, but I don't, I don't like those games in the second half of this season.
0: I haven't liked these games against the Red Sox in the last 15 years. It's it always seems like the first guy the you know, the first time they ever face them, they suck. And then they'll put like 15 next time. But yeah, I don't know. I've always kind of been a Cal Quantrill believer. I really want the Red Sox to get him in the off season because San Diego was absolutely trying to trade him, And obviously they did. And I thought that would have been a target. I think, on our targets list I was like, yeah, let's try to find a way to get him to our bullpen. Um, yeah, I don't know if his, fl- I don't know if his numbers in front of me right now, but he's hittable. He is hittable. And they have to take advantage. Do you, do you want his numbers, Andrew?
2: Cause I have them. They're pretty
0: good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, are they? Okay. So good,
2: are no, no, no. 34 games, a 3.04 ERA, no 110 shit. innings, 89 strikeouts and a 1.2 whip.
0: Wow. Yeah, you know who could, could use that right now? Very, good. San Diego.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, that's <laughs> true. That San Diego
0: absolutely could use him.
2: Yeah, his last start out, he went seven innings, gave up two hits, no runs, walked two hitters, and struck out nine against the Angels. He's been very, very good of, of late, and that game worries me a little bit. Um, though, Ivaldi can keep us in it. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. That's the one game in this series that I'm actually really worried about.
1: Just uh, off off track here, the Padres are starting to look like the Mets of the West. Oh,
2: they're unbelievable. unbelievable. Insanely, they're aggressive,
1: today, insanely aggressive in the offseason and in the deadlines, and then turn in a dud. I know they made the playoffs last year in that weird format, and I think they would have been a wild card anyway, but um, – but I mean, yeah. they gave
2: us a, a hell of a game last night. I don't know if either of you caught that. I doubt it because Terry probably was on his way to work <laughs> when that game ended. But I stayed up and watched the entire 16-inning game because by the time it was the 11th inning, I was like, all right, I'm in it now. Um, by the time I got to bed, it was like, the, like 4 a.m. But what a hell of a game. Like, as a baseball fan, you've got to be rooting for the Padres. Like you're rooting for the Reds collapse because you want to see that Dodgers Padres wildcard game. I don't know. I mean,
0: the Reds Dodgers might be a better matchup at this point.
1: Yeah, the uh, you Reds know, are in a seven good.
2: game series, that's what I would rather see. But in a one game series, oh god, give me give me Yu Darvish versus Max Scherzer. Like that's a, a dominant.
0: Well, that was dominant. tonight, wasn't it? <laughs> and the Dodgers yeah. won. Uh, it like, <laughs> exact the matchup a tonight.
2: Team. The Dodgers are a better team, but I, I'm rooting for seeing a the matchup there. A little off topic, I know. Red, Red's, be for the Dodgers. Reds have
1: a terrible bullpen. Good starters, but bad bullpen. Uh, all right. So game three. That's Tanner Houck versus Eli Morgan. Morgan is having a terrible year. Probably wouldn't be in the rotation uh, had they not you know sold off everyone i, I mean if halk is solid i'd love to see him go five full and even six full uh, he hasn't done that so far but if he does that we, we definitely win the game
2: I, I think we win this game anyway i mean eli morgan has not been good granted he's young i mean he's only 25 years old he's still coming into his own but 12 games he's 2 and 6 with an ERA of 5.98 58 strikeouts a 1.3 whip he's getting hit really hard at every game he's pitching in uh, except of late he's dominated some pretty crappy matchups uh, he dominated Minnesota 3 hits over 6 innings he did he pitched for 4 innings against Oakland gave up five runs and then eight hits for four runs in four and a third against Texas. Like he's not good. Uh, the Sox should hit him. And even if Whitlock isn't available and you have to go with Hauk to, you know, the the wheel of fortune that is the bullpen, I, I think you can win this game.
0: Yeah. I'm counting on the offense. Cause I'm not going to lie. I, I have been the low man on Hauk as a starter. I don't have Huge expectations for him to go deep. Um, I don't think he makes it a third time through the order. So I think he goes hope- four innings. Yeah, I agree with you. I hope it's five. <laughs> I was giving him five. But I I hate the idea of having to burn Whitlock for two or th- like two and two-thirds every five days because he's not, not pulling his weight. I don't know. They might have to shuffle something up. Um, if that I continues. mean, you can
2: piggyback it. I would put Garrett Richards on track to pitch three innings in that game.
0: Well, if I had to guess, and that kind of comes down to the other thing that you could really have a hour long discussion, which we don't have right now. Is Garrett Richards worth the gamble to get four good innings out of him every five days as a starter, if it allows you to have Tanner Hauk as a weapon two to three times? each week.
1: I you know still, what I mean? I, I, <laughs> still, I still want to see Hauk uh, starting, but he's been, that splitter is developing, so it, it yeah. might it might be more of think, a...
0: That needs to, yeah, that needs to get here now.
1: Yeah, well, he's been throwing it more and, and getting outs with it, so... Um,
2: <sighs> well, to put it simply, in the playoffs, we go to a four-man rotation, Hauk will be in the bullpen. Like oh that's yeah, how I look at yeah, it.
1: yeah. He won't be starting. Yeah, he's the odd man out. Yeah, absolutely. So in short, I have us losing game two, winning the series two two out of three.
0: Two out of three. I'm not gonna get my hopes up with the sweep.
1: Okay. Job seems to be with with us on that one. All right. So we will wrap 24 hours from now. We will have the deep dives episode again. We're gonna have a Schwarzer Schwarber schwarber versus jd debate uh with some bullpen uh talk at the end probably some more matt barnes talk so be on the lookout for that episode and then we'll be back on sunday night jason charlie and myself to talk about this cleveland series everybody have a good weekend take care